0: Hello, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 30th. My name is Scott, and I work for Adafruit on CircuitPython. Adafruit is an open-source hardware and software company based out of New York, although a number of us are remote. Uh, And CircuitPython is software that runs on the hardware, the open-source hardware that Adafruit produces, and non-Adafruit hardware as well, Uh, basically on small, inexpensive computers called microcontrollers. Um CircuitPython's goal is to bring programming to, com- to beginners uh, by making it really, really easy to use uh, inexpensive microcontroller-based hardware uh, to do all sorts of things that interact with the physical world. Um, this is a meeting that we happen every week at Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you want to join the meeting, uh, go ahead and join the Adafruit Discord server, which is adafru.it slash discord. Uh, we're there all week. Um, this meeting happens uh, in the Circa Python voice channel. Um, if you want to know when it happens, we do sometimes switch away from Mondays. Uh, and the holidays will be different as well. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to the calendar, uh, which is available. Uh, a link to the calendar is available in the notes. Uh, so take a look at that. Um, this meeting is run in five parts. Uh, the first part is community news. Which uh, is a kind of a preview of things that are happening happening with CircuitPython around the internet. Uh, after community news, we then have um, the state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka, which is a kind of objective perspective on how the project is going. Um, and we do that in th- three subparts. After that, we have Hug reports, which is uh, we do as a round robin. Hug Reports is a chance for everybody to say thank you to folks for the work they've been doing within the community. And I, uh, and the way that it works is that I will start and then we'll go through the list of folks in the voice channel. Um, if you don't want to speak up or you don't have a mic or for any reason, just let us know you're lurking. Um, if you have notes that you'd like to, me to read off, please drop them in the notes doc um, the notes stock is available uh, For the next week's meeting uh, If you go into the CircuitPython text channel And hit the pin icon at the top uh, There's a link to the notes stock there um, And so yeah, let us know if you're lurking. I'll skip over you If not, I'll uh, hand the Quote-unquote mic over to you uh, And you'll have a chance to say uh, Thank you to folks The section after Hug Reports is status updates It's done as a round-robin as well And it is a chance for you to spend a couple minutes talking about what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, It's really good for just uh, keeping in sync with what everyone is doing and uh, giving tips or tricks to other folks who are doing something perhaps uh, related to things that you've done in the past. Uh, Finally, we have uh, an in the weeds section, which is a chance for us to say uh, or um, a chance to have discussion about just uh, any sort of different things. Um, it's, it's a lot more free form, a lot more open-ended, uh, if you have topics you'd like to talk about in the weeds, um, then please, uh, hop in the notes doc and add them along with your username into the weeds so that we can hand the mic t- to you to lead the discussion. Um, and with that, um, I should say, uh, trying to think. Of things, uh, if you want to support CircuitPython development, um, support Adafruit by going to adafruit.com and purchasing stuff there. Uh, if you are listening to this on Monday the thirtieth, uh, we do have a fifteen percent discount code available on uh, on CircuitPython stuff on adafruit.com, so you can check that out. I'm scrolling up to find the details. I think it's Ada Thanks, A D A T H uh, X. Just enter that at checkout, and it gets Looks like 20% off CircuitPython stuff, 15% off items store-wide. So check that out if you're uh, in the meeting now or uh, listening to it today. And I think that's it. Uh, just a reminder, if you do want to speak up and you're new to the meeting, you will have to be in the CircuitPython niece role. Uh, so just ask in the CircuitPython text channel uh, to have that, and we'd love to add you. Um. The meeting's recorded. It's posted as a podcast and also posted as a video uh, along with the notes. Uh, So if you are checking this out later, know that there's a note stock with time codes that allow you to skip around. And with that, uh, let's do community news. Thank you to whoever put community news in here. Um, First up, we have uh, deep sleep support coming to the ESP32S2 uh, CircuitPython. see what it says. Um, deep sleep support coming to the... Blah, blah, blah. The Adafruit MagTag was made for deep sleep thanks to an always-on e-ink display. Thanks to a new pull request, we're getting the beginnings of light and deep sleep support. We can get down to 250 microamps on the MagTag when in deep sleep, which will let the board run for weeks at a time. Check it out and subscribe to the PR to get notifications when it gets merged into main, uh, and they are testing it with data from covidtracking.com. Hackster.io also has a current article summarizing the latest on CircuitPython's deep sleep support on the ESP32-S2 at Hackster.io. Next up. GUI 0 and CircuitPy UI, a lightweight graphical user interface libraries for Python and CircuitPython. GUI 0 is a Python 3 library for creating simple graphical user interfaces, GUIs on Linux, Windows, Mac, and Raspberry Pi. Uh, with a link there to GitHub IO. If you're looking for a similar concept framework for microcontrollers, see CircuitPi UI with a GitHub link there as well. Next up, we have info on developing the NAU 7802 24 bit ADC Featherwing um, with some pictures there. Testing a custom NAU 7802 24 bit ADC Featherwing and QT connected clue. Using a device library developed in CircuitPython, it measures up to two load cells connected to the custom feathering uh, with a link to Twitter there from Cedar Grove. Next up, we have a stock ticker with CircuitPython. Uh, this is a stock ticker with an Adafruit matrix portal, a possible Christmas gift idea, and a beautiful wooden case with both a Adafruit forums link and a Twitter link. Uh, thank you to Jeff for posting those in the chat um, Next up we have a, rem- a second reminder uh, CircuitPython Monday, big sale today on CircuitPython hardware uh, Use the code ADATHANKS, A-D-A-T-H-X To get 20% off CircuitPython boards And 15% off items store-wide um, And lastly uh, These are just a preview of all the good content That goes in the CircuitPython Weekly Newsletter it's a community-run newsletter emailed every Tuesday morning. Uh, you can go to adafruitdaily.com slash category slash circuitpython to see the archives. It highlights the latest Python on hardware-related news from around the web, including CircuitPython, Python, and MicroPython developments. Uh, to contribute your own news or project, edit next week's draft on GitHub by going to github.com slash adafruit slash circuitpython weekly newsletter. Uh, there's a drafts folder there that you can find the latest draft in. And there's also a tip there for editing the editing files in the repo. You don't you don't need to clone it or anything. You can just edit it right through your browser. And if you have any articles, uh, please either do it through PRs, or if you uh, are overwhelmed by that fact, you can always tag at an underscore engineer on Twitter, which is a n n e underscore engineer on Twitter, or email B at adafruit.com. And as always, thank you to Anne for putting the newsletter together. And that's it for community news. Next up, we have State of Circuit Python Libraries in Blinka. As I said earlier, this is an objective uh, view of the status of the project, uh, as as wide as as a project as it is. Uh, I'll do overall, and then we'll go into the three parts, the core, the libraries, and Blinka. So, first up for overall, uh, 28, we had 28 pull requests merged from 27 different authors, which is epic. Um, some new folks who I don't uh, recognize, B. Gistert, um, <laughs> Doug Burke, Ayo, Ayo Prad, we've seen E. Hershey, Anton II, St. Gimp, um... Danny BD, Sporeball, uh, Skr92, Gadgetoid, James Bowman, are all folks that I don't see frequently on this list, at least. Um, And we had nine reviewers, so thank you to all our reviewers. And again, as always, uh, reviewers are our bottleneck for being able to handle PRs, so if you're uh, looking to level up, you're looking to contribute, want to become a reviewer, please let us know. We're happy to help you. Uh, Do that. Uh, It's mainly taking a look at the code to make sure that um, it all makes sense and then also testing it on hardware. So uh, we're always looking for more reviewers. Uh, Issues wise, we had 14 closed issues by eight people and 13 open by 13 people. So we're net down one, which is really awesome. And we have lots of people involved, eight and 13 uh, for each of those. So uh, yeah, it's uh, getting more and more people involved, which is very, very exciting. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the core. So on the core side, we had 10 pull requests merged from 17 different authors, uh, which I think is an artifact of uh, the translations. So a pull request can have multiple authors if it includes commits uh, from multiple uh, people, which the translation stuff kind of joins into one pull request. So I think that's why. And Jeff agrees with me. Uh, We had four reviewers, uh, so thank you to all our reviewers there. And we're always looking for core reviewers as well. So uh, if you're interested, let us know. Uh, We have 24 open pull requests, which is still a lot, but not as much as we had last week. I think we we hit 30 last week, which is kind of a lot. So um, it's good that we're making our way through that, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, We do have kind of a backlog that we should take a look at. Uh, a number of those, let's see, one, two, three are more than hundred days old, uh, and four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, eleven, twelve are twelve or thirteen are ten or may, ten or more days old. So if you have an open pull request and it's kind of like in limbo, please go back and check. Um, and if you're waiting on a reviewer uh, not, and they haven't gotten back to you in like twenty-four hours or or four days, given the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, please uh, politely ask them to take another look. Uh, Let's get through those. Uh, Issues-wise on the core, we had four closed issues by three people and four open by four people, so we're net even, which is good, uh, for a total of 340 open issues, which you can see uh, in the github.com slash adafruit slash circuitpython slash issues. Uh, We track uh, how we're doing in terms of uh, handling the incoming uh, issues by assigning them milestones. Uh, We had negative two issues not assigned a milestone, which I believe is probably that we closed two issues without assigning a milestone. That would be my guess. Um, We had three open issues for six zero x so those are the ones that we really should take a look at. Uh, Those are issues that are on our current stable release that we probably want to fix. So yeah doing pretty good overall, I would say not not too bad, but we should keep an eye on that um <laughs> so the overview uh we have six one beta one out, which is good um, and I expect us to do a beta two. We'll probably get the deep sleep stuff that Dan's been doing in that beta which will be very exciting. And what we'll see after the deep sleep stuff is we'll see kind of a, a lot of related pieces come in to the picture as well. So it's an exciting time for sleep and low power in CircuitPython. Uh, six zero, the stable release is uh, generally pretty good. There's just those few issues that have come up. Uh, it's still good. We should recommend people uh, either trying 6.1 beta or six zero stable. Um, of course, as always, if you're using the ESP32-S2, please use the latest, uh, either the absolute newest from S3 or the uh, beta one. Don't don't bother with the stable release. It's not stable for the S2. Okay. And with that, let's hand it over to Katni for the libraries.
1: Thanks, Scott. Mm-hmm. So uh, this covers all of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries, which is every library that is Adafruit underscore Python underscore. Uh, We had 18 pull requests merged from 12 different authors. Thank you to everyone who submitted a PR and seven reviewers. Thank you to everyone who reviewed. Um, The oldest pull request that was merged was 22 days old, which is good. Most of them were zero or one days old. So that means we're keeping up um, with current pull requests, uh, but we're also getting through a couple older ones. Uh, We currently have 34 open pull requests. And again, that's across all of the Adafruit CircuitPython libraries. We have nine closed issues by seven people, and nine open by nine people. So we were net zero change, with 238 open issues. Nine of those are good first issues. If you're interested in any of this, um, or if you're interested in contributing to CircuitPython, uh, writing Python code, um, you can go to circuitpython.org/contributing, which is uh, was having some issues from the middle of October until about a week ago, but has been fixed. So all that information is up to date now, and it has a list of open pull requests, a list of open issues and a list of library infrastructure issues. The open issues are able to be searched by label. So if you're new to uh, contributing, um, new to writing Python, that sort of thing, look for a good first issue. Um, If you want something that's a little more complicated, search bug or enhancement. And if you're new to Git and GitHub, we have a guide on contributing to CircuitPython using Git and GitHub, so don't let that intimidate you. Um, And we are always available to answer questions. So if you want to contribute, this is a great way to get started, Um, as well as taking a look at all the open pull requests, seeing if any of them, uh, if you have hardware for any of them, test them. If you want to just check out the code for stylistic, um, or uh, content sort of stuff, um, leave a comment on the PR and let us know that you did that. Anything like that always helps. Um, the more uh, assistance we have, the more PRs we can process. Um, we didn't have any new libraries in the last seven days. But we did have a number of updated libraries. Those are listed in the notes if you are interested. Uh, overall, we're continuing work on the libraries. We're seeing new libraries as we get new hardware, which is excellent on all counts. Um, And we're seeing updates to the CircuitPython community bundle, which is really excellent to see. Uh, The CircuitPython community bundle is libraries contributed by community members for hardware that Adafruit doesn't necessarily support or helper libraries for things that Adafruit doesn't necessarily support. Um, So if it's an Adafruit CircuitPython library, obviously it's something that, that we would support. But if you write a library for a piece of hardware that Adafruit doesn't carry and you want it to be available to other folks you can submit it to to the community bundle. And we've been seeing a lot of updates to the community bundle lately, Um, both updates to current things that are in it and um, new additions. And so that's been really amazing to see. And that's where we are with the libraries.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Next up, we have Melissa talking about the state of Blinka.
2: Hello. Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for... Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And this week we had zero pull requests merged. There were there are currently six open pull requests and uh, there was one closed issue by one person and zero open by zero people, leaving a net of 47 open issues. There were 2,355 Pi PI downloads in the last week and we currently are supporting 60 boards. And that's it.
0: Awesome, thank you, Melissa. Yeah. Okay, next up we have Hug Reports. Hug Reports is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing in the community. Um, this is very open, so if you have anything, anyone that you'd like to recognize, please do that. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, this is around Robin. As I said earlier, uh, the meeting is recorded, so if you don't want your voice recorded, or you don't have a mic, or just nothing to say, let us know you're lurking. Uh, if you'd like me to read notes off for you, uh, let you, say that you're lurking, And uh, put the notes in the notes doc. I'll read those off for you. Um, And with that, I'll get started and then circle around the top. So uh, I have uh, just two main points. Uh, First, a hug report to Dan for the hard work and thought on the deep sleep. Uh, And then I noticed that the PR was out, so I'm excited to review that today. And also, thanks to the new folks, Critic and Dondo Yonderboy, for helping folks on the Discord uh, server specifically in help with circuit Python. So thank you to those new folks. I know there's other folks that are helping as well, but I, I, that list just gets longer and longer. And, uh, with that, let's go up to Brent.
3: Group hug to everybody involved with circuit Python, especially as we go into 2021 and a uh, hug to Dan specifically for work on the deep sleep API. I'm excited to start using it with IOT projects.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Brent. Uh, next up is Dan.
4: Well, hold on. I'm sc- scrolling <laughs> backwards. Um, thanks to Tack, uh, who's. Uh, I asked him some questions about status questions in, in TinyUSB whether you could detect whether um, the cable was connected or not, or whether you're connected but not, but disconnected or about to connect and he added a new status API call, and he started doing some more work on the ESP32S2 tiny USB support, which is uh, not quite its not quite there for the status that we want, and it, it's not clear that we can have the status we want. Sometimes a number of USB peripherals, they can detect connect but not disconnect, unfortunately, which is really sad, but he's working on it. Uh, thanks to you, Scott, and also to uh, Lady Ada, Uh, for a number of discussions about the Sleep API, which has a lot of edge cases when things go wrong. And so we're working on those. And also Mark Gambler um, was really interested in trying it, and I gave him a a UF2, um, which he tried, and he had some comments about Sleep 2, which were helpful. And thanks to Jeff uh, for continuing to always think about how we can make CircuitPython smaller in our firmware builds. And one of the things he tried was... um, a test version of GCC 10 to see how it would work, and he's also uh, took out a little-used feature uh, in the power exponentiation operator that um, might help save some things. Okay.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right, next up we have notes from David Gloud, who says, A hug report to 560, Eric Hess, for completely rewritten PM25 UART. A hug report to NomNom Alexander Hagerman for the Circuit Roomba library, and a hug report to Foamy Guy for the MagTag progress displays. Ah, Circuit Roomba sounds interesting. I haven't seen that. Okay. Uh, D is lurking, and so we'll go to Foamy Guy. All right.
5: Thanks, Scott. Uh, this week I got a hug for uh, user, I think it's Crit- Critic, uh, Critic in the Discord. I figured out how to um, set up the CircuitPython stubs in PyCharm to get it to um, suggest things. So that's really, really cool. I'm a big user of PyCharm, and I hadn't figured that out for myself. So really appreciate that. Um, To GitHub user uh, Lila, L-I-L-A, worked on a PR for the LED animation library to add a mask to the, the sparkle animation, which... Uh, it's really cool. It makes it so you can kind of have different um, LEDs sparkle differently all under the same animation. So that's really cool. Hmm. And uh, lastly, to uh, Kevin Thomas again for teaming up with me to work on the IoT Trivia app and for getting it published over the weekend.
0: Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, FOMA guy. Next up, we have Hierfect.
6: Uh, just a group hug to everyone this week and um, uh, especially to the folks who are working on the Deep Sleep API, which I'll be using. So, uh, yeah.
7: Sweet. Thank you. Next up is Jeff. Uh, Likewise, I have a group hug. I'm really thankful for everybody in the community. And it uh, is a pleasure, week after week, to get to hang out with you guys a little bit.
0: All right. And next up, we have Jerry.
2: Yep, and another group hug. Thanks, everybody.
1: And Katni. I lost where I was in the document. There we are. So I want to say thanks to all the um, helpers on the Adafree Discord. So uh, we have uh, CircuitPython helpers, community helpers, uh, PCB helpers. Um, I want to say thanks to all of them for all the assistance and positivity they provide to every member of the server, new and current alike. Um, they're a huge part of how positive and welcoming this, this community is. And I wanted to say thanks for that. Um, thanks to FoamyGuy for more library work. Uh, thanks to there and Telemon on Discord for helping out all over the server, including the CircuitPython channels. Uh, thanks to Dan for all the deep sleep work in CircuitPython. And thanks to all the new folks who are putting in library PRs and reviewing PRs. Those were all the names that were read off um, earlier in, during the state of CircuitPython. And there's folks who are commenting who, as uh, Jeff pointed out, um, have not been leveled up to reviewer yet, but they are working on it. And that is excellent to see that's what I've got.
0: Awesome, thank you Katni. Okay next up we have notes from Kevin Thomas it says group hugs and hugs to Filming Guy for working with me to release the ESP32S2 IoT trivia app yesterday next up we have maker Melissa
2: I wanted to give hugs to the folks who submitted boards on circuitpython.org and a group hug to everyone else.
0: Awesome, thank you Melissa Next, we have notes from Mark who says group hug and a hug to Dan for this deep sleep API that I got to test on the weekend. Ooh, and I forgot to time code it. And last up, we have notes from microdev who says hug report, to uh, TAC for tiny U of two, hug report to Dan H for continued work on deep sleep API and hug report to Tannute and higher effect for PR reviews. And that's it for Hug Reports. Thank you, everybody, uh, for participating. like to hear all the different perspectives we have on what's going well in our community. Next up, we have status updates, which is a chance for us to say a little bit about what we've been working on and what we plan on working on in the coming week. And uh, again, if you have notes, drop them in the notes doc. If you're not going to speak, say you're lurking, and I will either read stuff off or just skip over you. Um, and I just remembered that. Uh... Yeah, one other thing I wanted to, wanted to say. Okay. Uh... Last week was a short week. Uh, we had a US holiday, so I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, mainly odds and ends around the S2 networking. Um, this week I'll get caught up on the S2 I2C issue and hopefully fix them if it's not fixed already. Uh, I have folks to check in with that And I've also still got some pending uh, Minor changes to the S2 networking stuff as well um, I need to figure out What the appropriate exception to raise From request.get is When uh, it just doesn't work uh, So I'm going to play around with that um, Also hope to test and review the PR For deep sleep from Dan uh, That's going to be my high priority is, is getting the deep sleep stuff in and uh, once the core is in, I think we we may actually be able to parallelize some stuff as well. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention was last week I, I just mentioned that the 2021 planning may happen in December, but I went back and looked, and we didn't actually start that until the 1st of January. Um, so let's uh, just plan on doing that again. I think I switched it last year because uh, over the holidays, like, everyone's doing stuff. So uh, expect to see or start thinking about what sort of uh, things you want to see or, or talk about for CircuitPython in 2021, and we'll kick that off uh, January 1st and uh, get that ball rolling. Uh, so that's an update just from the thing that I commented last week. Okay, let's circle back and go to Brent.
3: on Minium QTT and then another project. Um, Minium is still in progress. I have a little bug remaining where uh, the ESP32 S2 implementation doesn't ping back to the server. And I have to look at that. Um, and there's a timeout bug with that as well. But it is working on the ESP32 S2 uh, CPython and ESP32 SPY. I also want to test it with the ethernet socket, which is a very different implementation and then work on some unit tests for it since I have a lot of errors to test. Um, I'll be off for like this upcoming week. I want to wrap up my semester and I'll probably release it when I get back. And in non-Circuit Python related news, I got yet another uh, LoRaWAN hotspot in the mail. I want to test it out, but I'm starting to get like a ton of this networking hardware. It's all my closet right now, just on the floor. (laughs) And I need a way to organize it. And if anybody in the call or has like experience like with building networking hardware, like fixtures, um, I'm totally open to like suggestions for a small scale server rack or something. And that's it.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Brent. Next up is Dan.
4: Okay. Well, as everybody's talked about, um, there's a PR for an initial implementation of deep sleep. It just does time-based sleep, not pin-based sleep. Uh, but it's it's working. And uh, I tested it. Um, Lemore tested it. Um, as Lemoore expected, the current, deep-sleep current, is about 250 or 300 mi- uh, microamps, which is fine. It could be less. Um, there are some things on the MagTag board. This is on the MagTag board. Uh, there are some things on the MagTag board which are still um, powered, which we might think about how not to power uh, later, such as, the fact that the um, the uh, the e ink display is still powered up even though it's in deep sleep, and so we might uh, add there might be some hardware added to, to decrease this. The actual c- current consumption of the ESP 32s two in deep sleep is about a tenth of this, about about twenty five or thirty uh, microamps. So we can there are more that can be done. Are you waiting? So go ahead.
0: Are you waiting for the e ink refresh to finish before you sleep?
4: I do because otherwise okay. it, it it looks bad. Or I I well, no. Let me say that a different way. I put a refresh in the CircuitPython program before I go to sleep. I think I also wait. I think I wait in the C code, but you can you can look at that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but if you go to sleep too slu- soon, then you get like it looks funny. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I know uh, I, I think,
0: know we I think we send a shutdown command to the IC so. I wonder if that's working or not. Uh, maybe
4: I'm not doing that. Okay.
0: It should uh, automatically do it when it's done refreshing.
4: Or even... May, right. That's interesting. Okay. And then... Um, I One thing that we... Our SAMD 21 builds, like both the Trink... Uh, well, not even Trinket, but um, any SAMD 21 Express builds, like Circuit Playground Express and Metro Express and Feather, um, they were all getting too big in certain languages. And um, as I mentioned, Jeff uh, trimmed some things in the math library. And in looking at what was still in those builds, I saw that Complex Arithmetic was still on. And if we turn that off, it saved several thousand bytes. And uh, it's a little sad, but probably nobody is using, very few people are using Complex Arithmetic, especially on these small boards. So uh, we decided to go ahead, or I decided to turn it off, and I'm waiting for approval from that on the PR. Okay.
0: Awesome. That's Thank it. you, Dan. Okay, next up we have notes from David Gloud, who says, um, for the PM25, pretending to help Pimer on a user and really double-checking the I- Enviro Plus works uh, with CircuitPython 6, testing a review of the new version of PM25 Yort, uh, need an official reviewer to have a look, um maybe we should just give you the the review bit. Uh because you're testing it more than we are. Uh for the future, non-binding, uh porting the Tetris clock, uh and also Mod My Roomba. Uh for non-circuit python, setting up PyVPN and PyHole to help my tennis player daughter feel at home. Uh watch TV when abroad in tournaments. And next up we have Foamy Guy.
5: All right. Um for Last week, or really over this uh, long weekend here, I started trying to get used to this Kinesis Advantage. It's kind of a a crazy keyboard. Uh, If you've ever seen the movie Men in Black, it's the the keyboard they use in the Men in Black headquarters, so it's kind of cool. But it's very different than what I'm used to, so it uses your thumbs a lot more. Um, So that's taken a lot of getting used to, but I finally am almost back up to uh, my actual typing speed. Um, In CircuitPython stuff, I tested a a PR that I mentioned earlier on the LED animation. It adds um, that masking to the sparkle animation. I learned the basics of uh, this library, Boto3, which is for fetching data out of Amazon S3, and I use that for uh, starting work on a commit hash argument in the uh, Blink CLI that will let you install a version of CircuitPython based on a certain commit, and I hope to finish that up this week. Um I worked on a, a couple of different progress displays for the mag tag, one that shows the percentage of translation for the project uh from the weblate API, and then one that shows the percentage uh through the year. And I wrote a guide for those as well. Um I uh yep, I looked into that weblate API. So this was the first time really messing with that. It's actually really, really super easy. Uh so if anyone's interested in pulling stats out of WebLate, uh, they make it really easy. Um I finished up the IoT Trivia app uh, with Kevin Thomas. And then uh, for next week, a couple things I want to get into are uh, trying to come up with a scheduling system on the Matrix portal. But I think really this will end up working on all of the the portal library devices that will give you an easy way to set up like what you want it to do at certain times of the day uh, on certain days of the week. And then just have it like loop through the list. That way it can kind of show all the stuff you want for any given time of the day. And it will just go through everything it has and and start over. Um, it's easy to do all that stuff independently, but I want to kind of get it all together so I can have like a little signage uh, thing for my house. Um, and then last, uh, the last thing I got on my list is uh, I'm going to take a crack at packaging those uh, circuit Python stubs and okay. trying to deploy them on PyPy so that we can have our, Python integration uh, get done super easy, and that's what I got this week. Thanks.
0: Awesome, and we do have a package name already: CircuitPython stubs. Nice. So uh, I should have access to it. If we don't. We can get it. So okay. uh, that's cool. the yeah. package name we should use.
5: Awesome. Yep, I will ping you uh, once I get
6: it if I get it working.
0: Cool. All right, and next up is Effect.
6: Okay, um, so this past week. Um, I did some bugs in reviewing, um, so fixed some pin claiming bugs that we were having on the ESP32 S2, which were uh, not allowing or which were uh, allowing to use uh, pins that were already being used by other peripherals. Um, that ended up being a couple of bugs under the hood that were all doing the same thing. Um, I reviewed some PRs and a new bug on STM32, the Thunder Pack, which is a uh, board that integrates a uh, lithium ion cell as part of the PCB, which is cool. Um, I replicated the uh, problem that we're having on I2C on the STM32, uh, which is that we're not uh, using the um, repeated start flag, uh, which is going to require some changes under the hood to fix. Um, And uh, I finally went ahead and closed the STM32F1 port, which had been kind of... Uh, dragging its feet along for a little while. And ultimately, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it because we just don't have um, good development boards for the F1 here in the United States. Um, It's mostly used in China. It's mostly used with knockoff clones. And uh, here, it's actually just straight up difficult to get an F1 uh, board that is of the type that can run certain Python. So um, went ahead and closed that. Um it was a little bit of bummer of the week uh, of the week for me personally cuz I got a bunch of chips back from fab and none of them work including the one that I was hoping to be a new circuit python board so I got to go back to the drawing board on Do you that. mean PCB? Yeah. Okay. Um what did I say? Did I say you wrong? say chips. I just Oh yeah, yeah, PCBs. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to make a small a really 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 tiny uh STM32 circuit python board. Um and, uh, yeah, called the Rook and unfortunately it's, it's not working. So have you um, figured out why I have not, it's something to do with USB. Um, I mean, I could have just goofed the PCB maybe. Um, but that said, I, you know, I've actually also had a bunch of other problems with my USB hub on my desk last week. Yeah. So I probably need to revisit it and just make sure that it like, wasn't that, right, um, right. With, uh, I've been having all kinds of USB problems this week. So, um, I will figure it out. I haven't plugged it even into my debugger yet. It was more like plug it in, run DFU, it loads up, and then it didn't work. So that was bummer. Hmm. Um, anyway, this week I'm going to be doing lots of reading on a whole bunch of different stuff because uh, it's all just API delving. So I'll be figuring out what the best solution is for the ESP32S2 uh, pin resets. Got to figure out how to disconnect the IOMUX in addition to the GPIOMUX. So, uh, Scott gave me the reference manual and I um, got a little bit into it, but not that much. So, um, that's probably going to be like one line of code that I spend like a whole bunch of time reading about. Um, uh, I'm going to be looking at better solutions for the I2C and SPI IT and DMA APIs because that's actually kind of a similar issue between. Um, the I2C repeated start issue, and I'm also implementing a DMA API for SPI on STM32. That's a lot of acronyms. Oh my god! Um, uh, but yes, I'll be looking into. Uh, there's some stuff that needs to happen for that, um, and then implementing new modules on the IMX. So looking at, um, I actually don't even remember if the IMX RTs have a DAC, but if they do, I will put it in, um, and then also PWM out for the IMX. Mm-hmm. Um and ESP32 S2 TCP server, which I don't know anything about, so I gotta read about that too. And that's it for me. So for the IMX, you could also try the Tiny UF2 version for IMX. Okay. Uh, Tiny UF2. So that's a bootloader, new bootloader, correct? Program on which then, for the IMXRT yeah. is actually
0: like the third stage, but yeah.
6: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adafruit. Yeah. Adafruit
0: slash Tiny UF2 on GitHub.
6: Adafruit Tiny UF2. Yep,
0: and it's the right now, it's the same code base as the ESP32S2. One, it's meant okay. to be our unified UF2 bootloader going forward.
6: <laughs> oh, do we have the STM32 bootloader in there? Ready? Ah, uh, we might. You should take a look. We've we've had we keep getting people who are like, oh yeah, do you have so you don't have any UF2 support on the STM32? And I'm like, no, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do. Uh, it just needs to kind of probably be added to whatever. Repo needs to be in, um, but I guess it, less priority than the than probably either the IMX or the SP thirty right now. So right. Um, yeah, it
0: might have it. I think it does have
6: something else that I can't remember. Okay, it might be Nordic. Um, um, and then I, I guess last, sorry, last question for you, Scott. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go and check out the IMX ten fifty again? Because that's the last PR that we have for that. Um,
2: I okay, it's not a high it, priority. Like, the problem with the 1050 is it's.
0: Hyper- we could also just close it and reopen it when we're going to pick it back up. Okay. Um, yeah. the so the problem is that the, the the dev kit has hyper flash by default, and so we huh. would need to figure out the flash config settings for the hyper flash, which would be our first hyper flash thing.
6: So that's different from the 1060 to the 1050.
0: Yes. So, so it's, ah, it's just okay. that it's just that the dev like the way the dev board's connected by default. Like the uh-huh. 1060 has Hyper Flash on it, but it uses the regular QSPI Flash by default.
6: By default, uh, but and the 1050 the one. okay. is
0: weird, and like the 1050, I think is the first board they did, so they like changed it after that.
6: <laughs> gotcha. Okay, yeah, that explains all the the weird problems I was having with it.
0: Yeah, was, yeah. That it was says really weird things. Point. Yeah. Yeah.
6: okay cool well let's debu- let's let's close it for now and then we'll revisit okay. it when we when we
0: want it yeah we should definitely i think we're going to do more imx like going into next year
6: okay all right cool so that's we'll, we will out. want all
0: right. to get back to it just not imminently Cool. Sounds
6: good. all right uh,
0: all right that's it for me thank you <laughs> <Just> stop talking <laughs> no worries uh next up is jeff
7: so uh, last week, I wrote a, an upcoming guide called Pedal for YouTube, which uh, is using BLE on Blinka and a Raspberry Pi. And that guide went to moderation this morning. You'll probably be able to check it out later this week. Um, not something I did, but there are signs that uh, ESP IDF is going to take a fix for that SSL verification bug that we found. Um, and it, I think they're going to base it on what I did, but they thought they saw a bug in my bit flag handling, which is super likely. Um, and then I did a number of smaller items that people have alluded to, such as um, the build size reductions related to the PAL function. This week, I've got another Blinka project that should turn into a guide, and um, depending on when some equipment arrives in between, I'm going to take some look... Ugh. Take another look at the I2C and Wi-Fi crashes on ESP32 S2. Hopefully, my debugger uh, will give me good info this time. And fun stuff. I'm building a USB foot switch with a 3D printed enclosure. I'm going to toss a trinket inside. And uh, my two use ideas are as a mute button for conferencing like this, or a YouTube play pause button for when I'm watching a cooking video in the kitchen. Not sure which one of those it will end up finally being, but uh, those are the concepts.
0: And that's what I got. Awesome, thank you, Jeff. All right, next up
7: is Jerry.
3: Hi. Uh, uh, well, unfortunately, nothing uh, circuit Python related to report in a long week.
7: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I hope it's going okay.
3: Oh, uh,
7: it is just too many things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, hope hope you work through it. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Next up is Katney.
1: Hello. So last week, I published the beginner boards page for the which CircuitPython board is right for you guide. Um, It's basically boards that you would start with and why. Um, I'm not entirely sure why we didn't add that as soon as we published it, but um, obviously there's a need for it. So uh, there's now a beginner boards page. So you can point folks who are new to CircuitPython, new to programming, new to electronics, um, new to anywhere in between, um, new to Python, whatever, and point them to that page and they'll get an answer as to which board uh, may work best for them. Uh, tested some PR code and merged a couple PRs, I think. Um, I started a holiday themed magtag LED guide. It's um, simple. It doesn't use networking. It just uses the buttons and it has three different LED animations that it does. And the fourth button turns off, turns off the LEDs. Um There's still some stuff to do with the code. Uh, We decided to add an obvious feature, which is um, text on the screen that explains what the buttons do. Um, because otherwise you just have to know. Um, So I need to update the code to have um, sort of a legend on the screen that explains what the buttons do. Um, And then uh, I need to photograph uh, the build and so on and so forth. Um, But I started that last week got the basic code running and I successfully dismantled a turkey and cooked half of the important bits for dinner so after all of that um, it turns out we didn't have leftover turkey we thought we did and that was what was initially going to be eaten and that's why it was so frustrating that we ended up with an unexpected turkey but in the end um, it was me versus the turkey and I won (laughs) so uh, and and today I created and shared a calendar to keep track of whom is running the CircuitPython weekly meeting so that should be in your. In we boxes. never mess that up. Never. <laughs> um, so this week, I uh, finished up the MagTag LED guide, which at the time was mostly photographing and building the build and videoing usage. Um, however, with the changes to the code, uh, the changes to the features, I need to write more code first. Then next up is a guide for MagTag um, on and, and the same LED strip. What we're going to do is do cheer lights. However, instead of just displaying the color on the LEDs, it's going to display an animation of that color. So I'll pick four or five colors. And then when red pops up, instead, it'll be red sparkles. Um, And when green pops up, it'll be a green comet instead of um, just solid LEDs. Uh, So we're taking a little bit of a twist on the cheer lights concept, um, make it a little more fun. The, the cheer lights code is done. It's adding the LED animations that needs to be left. And then um, that guide should be relatively quick because the build is the same as the guide I'm doing right now. Um, so I can just mirror that page in and then I would the usage will be different because there's no pressing of the buttons and obviously it does different things. so um, But it'll be faster than this one. Um, and then if I have any more time this week, Uh, update the SGP30 guide with the semi-QT rev. Um, If I don't have time this week, that'll be next week. And also write a guide for the SGP40, which is an upgrade that apparently, um, even though it's just next gen, it's entirely different. Hmm. So it needs its own guide. And I believe that's all I've got going on.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Next up, I have notes from Kevin Thomas who says, uh, last week, Fomi, Guy, and I completed our CircuitPython IoT Trivia app, which is an ESP32-S2 REST app, which provides a number of helper libraries with attached unit tests to work with an OLED display and interact with an online open-source trivia API. This repo is designed to help others to use these lives to build their own extensive IoT apps with CircuitPython and the ESP32-S2. This week, I'm presenting a talk at the Microbit Live conference on Friday where I demo the Study Buddy framework, which builds out a step by step instruction set for educators to creating talking educational databases and quizzes to build into their curriculum with the V2 Microbit. And last, nope, not last. Next up, we have notes from Microdev, who says Last week, submitted draft PR for the I2C peripheral support on the ESP32S2. Uh, updated the micro S2 GitHub repo, added examples and a guide, and this week started tests on the new Deep Sleep API, figuring out OTA updates for the ESP32S2. I will continue my work on I2C peripheral and adding a guide for the US2 bootloader on the micro S2. With that, let's kick it over to Melissa. Hello.
2: Uh see I this uh last week I worked on the Web Serial ESP tool and now have it communicating with the ESP thirty-two and the ESP 32s S2 chipset successfully. I fixed some braincraft hat issues by rolling back to an older display driver. Uh fixed a few bugs that I discovered in the Magtag library when helping um some folks with their projects. And I fixed a sorting issue on the circuitpython.org website. And I have a PRN for that at the moment. Uh, And this week, I'm going to finish getting the ESP tool download functionality working. And um, I'll get started on the portal library unification project. And that's it.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. Okay. Next up, we have... Well, well, that's it for status updates. And now we're going to the final section, In the Weeds. Uh, this is a chance for us to have an uh, open-ended discussion uh, about any sort of topic. Uh, if you have a topic, please drop them in the notes under the In the Weeds section along with your username. Um, and so I... we. The first one we have is from Microdev who wasn't able to make the meeting. Um, they're half a world away so it's a pretty hard time. So uh, micro dev says support for OTA updates um, So for those of folks who don't know, uh, OTA is over the air and um, this is how you could potentially update circuit Python uh, via the Wi-Fi um, and there's one of the reasons the flash on the ESP32s2 is so small is because we actually leave room for a second OTA. Like, the way OTA works is you basically have two copies of CircuitPython or, or whatever code at once, and you have the ability to, like, switch from one to the other. Um, so I think the way that we should implement it, and I'm hoping Microdev listens to this afterwards, I think that the right way to go about it is just to add, like, a ESP-specific um, native module that basically says, like, write these bytes to this, the other... to. To the other OTA partition And then switches over to it um, So yeah I think it's I think it's that simple But there's all these like weird corner cases About like how do you make sure that the code That you're actually trying to run next Is actually valid um, That's a challenge And what happens if it doesn't start up That sort of thing So uh, know that Microdev's thinking about that um, if you have ideas or or uh, uh, thoughts on that, please uh, let us know and I don't think there's a over the air uh, issue, so that's probably the the best place to start actually is to uh, create an issue for over the air and then we can we can have all our ideas there. Any other thoughts from folks? Nope. Okay, let's move on then. Let's go to FoamyGuy.
5: All right. Um, I think this is probably fairly quick. As I was working on the uh, Blinka CLI tool, one of the things that it does is pick out the updates for whichever device is connected. Uh, So it needs to be able to figure out which device is connected. And as I was kind of making some scripts that give it a way to map all those different devices together with their boot out text file... I noticed this one, SparkFun Quick Micro, it has two variants, uh, one with the flash chip and one without. So it's kind of like the Hack Express devices for Metafruit. I, I think that's the idea. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell, both of them have the same, um, I, I forgot the name of the variable, but that ultimately ends up in bootout.txt. Uh, it might be this one that Dan put in here, MicroPy, HW board name, uh, whatever it is, though. they have There's a variable in there. It gets put into, gets combined with some things and put into out. These ones seem to have uh, the same, and so theoretically there'd be no way for an automated tool to tell the difference between the two devices. So I'm interested in uh, making a change to one or the other to uh, basically make it unique, put put the with flash or without flash or something. Um, that way it will they'll, they'll have separate boot out files, and then our, our tool will be able to tell them apart. Uh, so mostly I was just looking to see... If there was any thoughts or ideas on how to do that, it looks like Dan um, has put one in there, and then just see if uh, that was okay for me to do because uh, it's I don't really have a device, so I can't test it. I'm not sure it's probably low risk, but um, I don't know if that was something that would make sense for me to do, or if it's uh, better to just leave it leave it alone.
4: I think it's it's a mistake that they have the same board name. Okay, uh, so uh, those those I think. I don't know who submitted those. I think maybe SparkFun did, but I'm not sure. The other thing is that it has the same product ID, USB product ID, oh. um, which also we tend to distinguish boards based on uh, that. And uh, Spark Fund could allocate another. They have their own vendor ID, so they have plenty of product gotcha. IDs, and they could change that, though they may, it may be kind of late for that in terms of like... But like the bootloader shows, for instance, or something, or the 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 product ID, the, the USB product PID. It's called the PID. Is 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 presented by the bootloader. But that's another thing that. But you'd have to ask them that, about that.
5: I gotcha. you. Yep. And uh, it looks like Jeff's putting in the chat. We found a couple more devices, and I did. Uh, when I uh, the stuff that I have looked through so far was all at Mel's Um So this was the only one I noticed. Although I see. I guess PyGamer should be in AtmelCMD. I maybe missed that one somehow. Um, but there may be others. The, this was the only one I found in the in the AtmelCMD family, but there may be uh, NRF and, and others. I didn't check into those just yet.
0: Yeah, so Jeff, I think Jeff makes a good point that if we do want them to be unique, we should add a CI check to make sure. Um, but the other thing I would say is we could also just put the board ID in the output. Um. So you don't have to have a mapping, like you could just say like Adafruit pie Gamer parentheses and then the like. Actual board ID, because it's not like we hide it, like it's in the file name.
5: In the file name, I'm not sure I follow all the way. In the. In it's the file name. It,
0: like it's okay. It's okay if we had the if the board ID was in the serial output or in the a boot out file. I see like okay. it's it's it would be okay for us to just say like this is fr- human friendly name parentheses id of it I like see the,
4: the directory name yeah yeah yeah
0: and okay, then you what, don't what, have to have name. a mapping
5: <laughs> um, um yeah that would that would be really nice actually I I mean I'm definitely all for that I don't know that I know how to make that change across all the devices um but if that's an option that's on the table I would definitely be in favor of
0: that. Well, I think it's available as a board it's just board is the name of the macro so you could just modify where the hardware board name thing is and is printed and include board as well. It's okay. Gonna, it's going to add one more string because I don't know if we have it already. but um, It seems like a useful thing that we should give programmatic access to.
5: Okay, cool. Yeah, I will. Um, I'll poke around a little bit. I may ping you if I end up with, uh, with questions, but I think I got. Sure. I think I got the gist of how to do that. So I'll give that a give that a try. And that's nice because it will be a fix across the board, not just specific to this um, this one SparkFun device.
0: Right. And I do Should actually I... have. I have like this big vision for like a, a microcontroller build system, and like I would love to have. Unique board identifiers that work across, like outside of CircuitPython as well. So gotcha. it'd be cool yeah. if these were just like the board identifier that everybody uses.
4: Um, would be epic. Wait,
6: uh, what do you want this for a um, I wanna, universal I build it.
0: system? Yeah. Yeah.
6: I, I just want to press you on, on what that is. Uh, that, that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, it's,
0: it's this idea that I've had of using Python to generate ninja files.
6: Oh, okay. All right.
0: Um, but I want to, I want to have like data behind it that just says like, if you have a STM such and such, like, here's all the basic compi- compiler flags that you use.
5: Yeah. To piggyback on that a little bit, I don't know if this is the same idea you have in mind, but I've um, been toying around with an idea for some kind of server. So it would present probably a web uh, web interface to use, and then it would let you customize some of the stuff you want about your build, and then it would uh, in, on the server side, it would make a custom build circuit CircuitPython and then mm-hmm. serve it back to you. That way you could like set up the display if you wanted on a device that doesn't ordinarily have a, a built-in display, or you could turn on and off different features and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that's similar to what you're thinking of, but I would love to see something like that down the line as well, if so.
0: I'm,
6: I'm still well, sorry,
0: I don't think it's quite the same, but it's that's definitely an idea that people have kicked around like since the very beginning, yeah. and I'd be curious to see if people use it.
5: Yeah. All right, cool. I will. Um, I'll around then on the on the boot out stuff and um, see what I can come up with.
0: Cool. All right, and it seems like it. Um, so, thank you, everybody, for joining the meeting. Uh, let me take one more time code. Uh, this has been the Circuit Island Weekly for November 30th, 2020. Uh, it happens every week, uh, almost every week, on the Adafruit Discord server, which you can join by going to adafru.it slash discord. Uh, we're in there all week, but we're only in the Voice channel at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, when this meeting happens normally. Uh, it does shift around a little bit with U.S. holidays and, in fact, the, the winter holidays that are coming up. So uh, subscribe to the calendar that has all of the kind of quote unquote official dates for the for the meetings. Um, We already have a plan for we we talked last week about over Christmas. So we will not do a meeting between Christmas and New Year's. But there's only a a one meeting missed between the two Uh, kind of the way that everything sorted out. So uh, take a look at that. Um, and we'll make sure and let people know in the Discord as well. Um, If you want to get pinged about meeting updates, you can join the CircuitPythonistas role uh, by just asking one of us to add you, uh, and then you'll get notified about the meeting updates as well. Um, This meeting has been recorded. It's going to be posted to YouTube at youtube.com slash Adafruit, and that audio stream gets uh, redistributed as a podcast as well. So if you ever miss a meeting, know that that's there. Uh next week is normal time. Um so just a week from now. And I think that's it. Um thank you all and we'll see you next
2: week.
1: Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Thanks.
0: Thanks everybody.